Hey everybody, thanks for joining the podcast. We got a good episode for you here. Uh, This time I had Angel back. He has risen from the depths of hell. Um, We sat down, talked about a lot of fun stuff. Um, Really cool, we talked about my my mental approach to to, um, really tough situations and uh, how that developed uh, again through the landmark because, uh, of course, you know, this podcast is sponsored by the landmark forum um but also through uh, my mental approach even before i ever did the landmark how after i got sentenced to prison you know my mental approach leading up to that point and how i um kind of secluded myself from dealing with the truth and then how i dealt with it um and all that stuff uh, we talked about that bernie that crazy bernie staffer i don't even um I didn't even get to pull up the video. We just got so distracted. A lot, a lot of times I get I'm off on these tangents and then I just even forget where I'm where I'm going. I'm trying to get better with that. But that's why we keep making these episodes. I keep bringing you the funk. And, um, you know, uh, if you're listening now and then we're doing this again in a year and the difference of what could happen, just even a month, just how you get better at things in a month. Uh, so consistency is going to be the key. So I'm happy to bring out another episode, um, keep these coming for you. I'm going to record a few episodes. This is the first episode of the weekend. This is Saturday. I'm going to record another one tonight. Hopefully I can get a guest. I'm just waiting to the last minute, which isn't good. Um, hopefully I can start scheduling guests and that way I can start promoting and doing all that stuff. But hey, little by little, I'm not going to put too much pressure on myself with this. Um Right now, I'm focused on making these recordings, improving the quality of the sound, which I think I have. And um, now I want to distribute on YouTube and, you know, eventually we'll add video. Maybe do even I was even thinking of doing a live stream, um, some solo live stream podcast where I'll start the podcast and, you know, get people in the chat, maybe do some talking. I don't know. I haven't decided yet uh, because that's separate audio and how I mix all that stuff in, you know, when I got, I've, I've gotten pretty far so far with this laptop and two USB mics and getting that all worked out. I'm pretty proud of that. And, um, that's it. Uh, it's been a rough week for me and, um, it was also a rough week for Angel and it's a rough time of year for everybody. We talked about that too. That's also something we talked about. How this is a, just a rough time of year, and how dealing with um, and how to deal with it. That's how we got to mentally approaching situations and things like that because it's all of our perspective, and we'll go into that. And I hope you enjoy the conversation. <clears throat> and um, I'm gonna plug some dates here for you just in case you're interested coming up here i have um a terrible calendar uh, let's see here all right guys i don't have no dates for you i should have been more prepared i'm gonna cut this all out and um not even mention dates I'm not even going to cut it out. We'll just leave it in here just to show you how retarded I am. All right. And I use that word with the most respect for myself um, because that's what I was addressing. So if you're offended by that, leave me alone. Okay. Just leave me alone. I want to keep the R word. I just want to keep saying retarded. I'm not talking about your damn child. I'm not talking about your brother, your sister, your mother, or whatever their mental grip is. 
All right. I'm just talking about how stupid some things can be. That's it. All right. Um, spending too much time, guys. Just rambling. I do this a lot. I just want to bring you the best stuff and I want to think of some cool things to say and I'm just not doing it right now. So I'm going to start the podcast. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Angel and we're going to have some more episodes for you and I hope you have a fantastic day. All right. If you want to talk about anything or if any, you know, please hit me up. Feedback, always welcome. This is a community. I want to have this conversation and you know, not with just me and my guests, but whoever, you know, if this sparks anything in your mind and you need to hit me up, vicisfunny.com. You can contact me through there. You can email me, vicisfunny.com, spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M at the end, at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, we can have that conversation and keep in touch. All right. I really appreciate you. Yo, it's all love, but love's got a thin line The pun's got a big nine Respect crime, but not when they reflect mine The shit I'm on is wrong, but it lasts long When the fast one a pun to wake up with the stash Going to match strong, and my cream is fast Smoke the green is grass, my bitch got the meanest ass And it tastes legit, I don't have to waste a whole case of crisps All it takes is my pretty face and my gangster wit Lace the click, cause we all share It's all fair, like love and war, thug and law With the long hair, big pun, pun The name that makes the kids run Like spell the murder, reverse to the mirror, red rum Come one, come more if you wanna brawl, I'm the mighty thorn, close line the motherfuckers like Steven Seagal. So you're gonna get is your ass kicked up in the casket. That's it. That's it. That's it. Punish your blast in the blast. It's rap. Billy Blast. I don't even like the uh the headphones. Because the headphones, the feedback was coming in like and it would make me sound like super slow. Like slow motion. I don't know why I sound. And then I sound like my voice comes in. So you hearing a delay? Is that what it is? Uh -uh. It just would. I don't know. Now I don't hear anything. No, I I don't. I hear nothing's coming out of the headphones, but it sounds like it's recording. So I'm gonna run with it. Hopefully, it's picking up waves. So what's up, Angel? How you doing, buddy? pretty good yeah no not uh, really but yeah uh-oh. good oh not really i had a rough week too it, it's uh, is it the time of year i don't think so i don't think it has anything to ta- do with the time of year i think sure life does. happens no it does because we're coming off that it's like a hangover oh. off of the holidays like everybody gets together and for some people like if you don't see your family that often and you enjoy them you actually enjoy them uh-huh it's like this like brief moment where everybody gets together and you feel good. And then the new year starts and it's like people put pressure on themselves for resolutions. And if you fail at if you fail at those, if you fail at your resolutions, or you just sometimes just going back to real life, like you'll see like oh you start noticing again why your life sucks. And there's the cold weather, there's less lighting. There's less light, so you all that stuff, you know, the seasonal depression thing is is well known. I think that's yeah, I think you're on to something. Yeah. Is this your scientific conclusion? No, I mean it's just I know, you said it's well known. Yeah. I guess yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense with triggering like emotional responses. Right? I think that makes sense. I had a rough week. I don't want to talk about it. 
because I'm on the other end of it now. So I don't want to. Plus, there's some things that I don't want to make public. Right. There's some things that you do keep personal. Yeah, that's true. right. So that you keep to yourself and like you deal with it. Like I told one person, like I, I had one that one day I had that breakdown. I had that one person that hashed everything out and there's no solution sometimes to problems right that make you depressed and that really hurt you right but there's um comfort and there's um companionship there's um like family camaraderie like that personal bond where even if you aren't addressing the problem or you're solving the problem you're coping with the problem like it helps you cope like sometimes all you need to do is cope to get through stuff yeah sometimes you don't need to solve problems sometimes you just need to get that's interesting through it yeah just you know what i'm saying because there's not an immediate solution there is no is that the accept- solution's long term is it like accepting it is what it is right acceptance no there's there's confronting it because a lot of problems are um they they stick around because you don't address them you don't confront them well for me right like i don't confront certain situations and these they'll linger right and then when they linger you continue to emotionally go through something with it you never get over it right yeah the emotional part of it since you don't address it it, it's like a weight on your shoulder right so you're walking around with this weight and it's dragging on you and it's affecting other things you're doing right and it's affecting other things that you're going through so you don't you just drag this stuff into all your other you know relationships and it drag it makes you negative perform negatively in other aspects right then your other you're not focused you're distracted because you have this lingering problem so once once it gets once you like address it even if you don't resolve it you bring things to light and i don't know then you like you're on that path you let go of that weight and take you transform it into something else like mm-hmm. all right there's energy here but i'm using it negative right mm. i'm carrying it yeah you're carrying a negative energy instead of right because it's all about perspective so if you look at something like it's negative you're going to have a negative reaction to it right but if you look at something even problems if you look at problems as opportunities you're going to perform differently you're going to attack something differently your perspective is going to be different and your attitude is going to be different right if you look at problems as problems and things that are weighing on you and things that are um are done to you or they're you know if you if you're looking at everything with a negative response you're going to perform negatively you're going to your attitude is going to be negative your response is going to be negative you know what i mean so it's that that perspective of your problem rather than not addressing it 
and it being a negative thing in your life, you can address it and it still be a negative thing in your life, but your reaction to it is positive because you're now trying to fix the problem, right? You address that problem rather than, you know, dodge it. You feel like a coward. You're hiding. Yeah. You know, you have all those negative reactions to it. It's terrible. <clears throat> yeah, you drag that shit around with you. Yeah, it's no good. You gotta, <laughs> it's no good, man. It's no good. You delete it. Did you listen to the last episode? Did you listen to the Fallen Angel episode? I have you son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that was like one of the things that I was talking about. The whole point of the episode was that I never heard back from you, right? So it was on me to assume... You can do something. You could. I could assume a negative response and put a negative reaction to that to that situation. All right, our Angel didn't respond. He didn't. You know, didn't show up. He didn't want to do the podcast today. He doesn't want to do the podcast. Like he's over it. He's got other. You know what I mean? Like I could have made up a whole bunch of problems, and I never even asked you. Right? I never asked never. you because it was like if you needed to tell me. But you did tell me you volunteered the information to me, like because that's how I feel it should be. Like I don't, our relationship isn't negative, and I don't need to turn it negative by making negative responses out of nothing. You know what I'm saying? And like I started talking about like the landmark and that freaking thing I went to. Like I talk, I think I talked to you about that seminar that I went to. Um, oh yeah, that they would. That did those freaking brain exercises on you that made you like bring up all these instances in your life where you made these decisions that you play out the rest of your life yeah. and you play them out in situations including making stories in your head for confrontations that you don't that they aren't real and then you bring them into the relationship later and the person's like yo you're arguing you're talking to me like if we've been arguing they don't know that but that's how you're talking to them like sure. you've been arguing with them for since when you were in the shower, you yeah. don't—they don't know you were arguing with them in the shower. Like you're playing out these conversations in your head with them, and then you think those things are real because that's your history. You bring your history of past conversations into this new conversation. You don't view it as a new conversation. You don't view it as a new situation. You bringing all the history of past conversations and decisions you made when you were a little kid based on like a traumatic event that you foresee as a traumatic event i use the example of my mother taking me to buy school clothes and me wanting boss jeans and oh, remember boss jeans carl canai with the plates all oh, that yeah. shit with yeah. the plates yeah, yeah tommy right. figure like you know my friends were wearing that stuff i lived in a hasbrook heights in a suburban town right so the people there could afford it and i didn't know about money like i was still very naive very um i guess naive is like the the most way to say it i was like naive and i wasn't innocent but like there was an innocence of that thought process when it came to money and then that was like the first time i realized i didn't have what everybody else had and it made me feel like i was less than so I made that decision that right there that I was just less than everybody else because I can't have the same nice things, you know, like I'm not worth it. So then that's how I proceeded, like for the rest of my life, I would make decisions based on the decision I already made that I'm not worth these things. So when it was something that I wanted to attain, like a goal, 
or something or something that I wanted, like a, an idea for myself, I couldn't follow through. I wouldn't because I'd be like, for what? I'm not worth it. I would already made that decision. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. I find excuses why I can't do it or why it shouldn't be done. I I justify things. Hmm. Um, it's ter- like I don't know. Yeah. Did you watch? Did you um see recently the Joey Diaz episode where he talked about um like the year end? I think he did like a year end or the year start where he read the uh that book by Stephen Pressfield the art the art of no no the war the of war art. of art. Yeah, you read that book, right? No. No. Oh man, you gotta read that book. I know. A talks bit about, about it. resistance and stuff. I think I have it here somewhere. Oh, I think my sister-in-law borrowed it. It's somewhere around here. My wife might have it. I gotta. I want to read that again. Okay. But that's about the resistance in your head, like the 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 things that you make up yourself on why you don't do things, and like how you, like it's basically just to pacify yourself. You know, and it's like to co- almost like coddling yourself, and you you make up these reasons why you can't do stuff. Like you know, where you like, let's say, like if you're working out at the gym, like you like make up pains, or pains feel worse, and you well, right away will use that as an excuse. Oh, I shouldn't do anything because of that. Like instead of trying to work through it, maybe a little more. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, bro. This morning I woke up and I had vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. What? Well, I think it's uh it's like an injury that I had a while back. From flip from getting hit by that from hitting that bike? No. You know how it happened? I was it was one morning and I was trying to hook up with my wife and I went and I pulled the covers off her and she must have been in the middle of a nightmare because she threw a kick out Oof. and it hit me right in the jaw. Oh, she cleaned your fucking yeah, clock. No, it stunned me. Yeah. Like, I felt like the whole knees, like the weird knee thing. And <clears throat> in the moment, I felt like, I guess the adrenaline, I was fine. But that night was the very first night that I had vertigo. And it's like a weird thing. What does vertigo feel like? You ever spin around in a circle? Like when you were a kid, just for... Whatever I've had a kid, I've done that recently for like a minute. <laughs> just last week, <laughs> she likes that. She makes me want to do it to her. Then I'm like, but and you then, don't understand that this has the same effect on me, and I don't like it. <laughs> and then, and then, so you stop, and then you like. There's that weird thing where your eyes, where it's like your eyes are anticipating. It's like your body is telling you you're moving, but your eyes are saying you're not, and so your eyes keep like doing this, like like a flickering in the direction where your body thinks that it is or the, in the direction that your body thinks that it's moving. So when I get it and I'm anticipating it, like today, like I know if I go like this, like see right there, I got it right away. And yeah. it's, um, I'll explain what it is, why, what the cause is, but let, I'll stick to the feeling when I'm not aware of it. So like this morning, very first thing in the morning, when I, when I woke up, I just, I sat up in bed like how I normally do. And I felt like I, like I was just free fall. And so like you do that panic thing with your hands you're like reaching out, like trying to find something, but you know, you find stuff. And then I was like, okay, so I'm still in bed. I'm not actually falling, but my eyes were doing that. This weird thing. It was from diagonal up to diagonal down. 
Now, I'll explain what it is. It's all bro science and self-diagnosis. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Oh, my God. But this is what I think happened. Because it seems a lot the most likely thing. Because whenever you can get an injury in your um, in your ear canal, there's like these little bones in, in there that detect the, the um, where that, whatever, they, they help you detect your your position in the world. Mm-hmm. And you're, they have all that, like a degree of, um, of weight and uh, what it matters to when it comes to balance and balancing your body. Mm-hmm. So if you break one of those bones or you dislodge them, there's like these crystals. There's this bony matrix. This sounds like um, like <laughs> a bony matrix. There's a bony maze, and inside the bony in maze, ear. there's these crystals inside your ear. In your ear. Okay. And when these crystals get dislodged, uh-huh. they cause vertigo. And you can, you can get them dislodged by injury to your jaw or to your head. So it made the most sense because you know I had that injury. Then I lay down. Since then, I get it periodically. And this morning was was one of those instances. That's what you got? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I know. I don't know how you... Why did you even leave the house? You got to power through shit sometimes. And, you know, maybe I had like a bad week or I had a bad day. But that doesn't mean I'm going to have a bad life, bro. You know? But that but you just got kicked in the head. How long ago was this? Oh, that was two years ago? Two years ago. You've never seen a doctor for this? No, I've seen a doctor for it. What happened? He referred me to somebody else, and then I never and followed and up. Then, you know, so you never saw a doctor? I never saw a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you never saw a doctor for it. Okay. And you're walking around with this untreated vertigo. Yeah. That could just derail you it's not every day it could possibly kill you i treated it okay and it worked for a long time how did you treat this and where did you get this treatment from <laughs> it's more bro science <laughs> but it worked it, this one actually worked okay so what you do is you do these exercises mm-hmm. and you look like i when i was doing them i felt like like rather like effeminate because of the positions that you got to put your body in Basically, you gotta get like, like doggy style position, like yoga, and then sort of, and then like you put your head down, and you gotta put it up real fast, and that's gonna trigger the vertigo. Uh-huh. But the trick is, here's the thing, I still have it. I walk around with it. It's just that I know how to deal with it because of these exercises. Laying off of a bed with your head hanging off of it, and then turning your head to the side. And then really quickly bring it up. See, like that right there. That's fucked up. Like, so I, you, like <laughs> you, I think you use this to get high. Maybe. Like that's what you like. That spinning, like that spinning feeling, like that kid that likes that spinning feeling and keeps doing it till he throws up. Like when you look at him, you're like, yo, you're a little junkie. Like those kids you see, those are junkies, bro. So I mean, part of it is you know nowadays you could do a little bit of research online and and some of it like. If you're getting a lot of feedback, like the same thing over and over again, if you can really point it down to like a journal, like a, a respectable journal, you can you can trust it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at what are the treatments for this? Like, what what am I looking at? Like, what are they going to do? Is it going to be like surgery? Because that's the first thing I thought. Like, 
Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to cut in there if that's what it is. Do you have to cut in there and like put the stones back? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. How does that work? Man, you know what? I think um, this is where modern medicine should go towards more of the. I think my doctor um, offers it like um, uh, like an e service. Oh, yeah. You could diagnose right. and do a lot of things like on like via Skype or something, you know, and you just Skype with a doctor real quick and he'd like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like, oh, what do you want? And you send him a text message. He looks at it like, doctor, my balls is, yeah, yeah. it's probably fungus. Yeah, you, Don't there's worry. a text, there's a text, <laughs> there's text services too, but I think more of the, of the doctor services can go to like a. It can expand. It's like they're I trying saw, to get in there and uncomfortable ones that people don't want to talk about. Well, no, I saw in, um, I think it's in Utah, out there in Utah, there's like a, um, there was a couple of doctors and they started like a network where you just pay like this monthly fee and they just take care of all your stuff. So instead of like the money you pay to insurance, mm-hmm. you pay with them and you get all your treatment, like all that stuff for free. You get like a whole package of of doctor shit for free and then the stuff that you do need to pay for they have their own network of people that they deal with that give you a better price okay rather than ha- you know what i'm saying so you save money by paying less than what you would pay in insurance and then you have like hospital he has like a, you know things with hospitals and things with other ex you know um not experts um what are they called when you like are specifying something? Specialist. Specialist. Thank you. Spe- <laughs> no, that's cool. <laughs> right? Just a fucking simple word. Like they have specialists that they have their little network set up with. And they like they created this whole network up there for their community so that the people in their community don't have to worry about high insurance costs and things like that. They can just pay them and they take care of all your shit. Like you can go. They have like a clinic. And shit like that. So, have they measured that? Like, what's the what's the real impact? What are the savings? You know what? I uh, just saw the initial story of when yeah, they were like, "Hey, this is our idea of what we're doing." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "But you know, that makes this is like a great idea." Well, because that's that always sense. that's always been my gripe with the way people approach politics and government and all that stuff. Everybody has this conversation of what's happening on the federal level what's happening in california like what's happening in all these other places and this is why the electoral college was important was because everybody's ideas focused on how these certain places are acting and nobody cares about how all these little people are affected by the things that they do on this mass scale like that's why local politics is so much more important in your life than the federal and like nobody has the same energy like not enough people have the same energy that they do like all the people you see online that only just complain about trump all day long like if you had the same energy into your local things and like the things that were happening in your local area rather than everything be done by the threat of violence of the state and government like how about more local programs and more community things that people help out you know what i mean like nobody think you know like all these problems they make up on a federal level just so that they can make laws to have more control over you and have them be more 
important. Like they make themselves more grandiose. They keep bloating this thing and they keep having a bigger role rather than if we shrink everything and they can have a less role and they can have term limits and they can not be career politicians and just do this for a little while and go back to fucking work right. like the way it was intended to be. Then it would be less corrupt. You know what I'm saying? Because you wouldn't have somebody that's in there for life. You're just in there for life, for control, for fucking aggression. Like, you put your will on people. Like, a lot of those people are suspect, especially, like, the communist people and the people that promote communism and socialism. Like, I see. Like, there's a video. I don't know if you saw it. Like, the undercover um, video of a Bernie um, staffer. Right. right, there's a video of a, a Bernie staffer. And pull that one up first. <laughs> Let's pull that up. I have an extra ski- screen now, so Angel can, can participate in conversations. And see, but don't turn it so I can't see it, though. Oh, okay. We both have to see it. Okay, I see. You have to share, too. All right, so there's this video of um, Bernie staffer socialist. Like, this guy goes off like literally saying like the gulags weren't that bad like in russia like that's what they had to do because some people aren't gonna get it and like you either get it or you get forced it like that's oh my god like these did we have people here that are justifying like what happened over there yeah so this like what um what stalin did with the gulags like how he had to um right they start justifying it saying like you know if you could save a hundred people, look at that. What's that right there? What's that say? New video leak reveals the socialist nightmare waiting for us. If Bernie becomes president, <laughs> this is yeah. This is so. Uh, um, this is so like uh, anti. Like there's a really big um, anti-socialism movement. And it's justified, I guess. I think it's justified partially because, I mean, what, what's the evidence out there whenever we've seen socialism? Well, it's never really been implemented correctly, okay? It's never been, they've never really done real socialism, okay? You ever hear that defense of it? Yeah. All right. Your response was underwhelming. Well, it's only because I know that that's bullshit, though. But I didn't want to. I wasn't sure if that's what you believe. I want, so I didn't want to get confrontational with you in the middle of a podcast. No, you have to. That's the point. Yes, get confrontational. Like, no, are you fucking stupid? (laughs) Are you fucking dumb? What are you talking about? It just does. It doesn't work, though. That's what I keep seeing. Maybe I can't find this video. And not only that. It doesn't work, but it brings out the worst in people, man. Yeah, dude, you can't. People. People. All right? Let's talk about the biggest religion in the world, right? What's the biggest religion in the world? Is it? It's Catholicism, I think. Nominally. I think. It, it's getting close let's to Islam. Let's say. It's almost 50-50. Let's say yeah. it's Catholicism for the sake of argument. I don't know. Among I don't care Christians, either way. Catholicism is the biggest one. Right. I think it's the. It's think Christianity. It's Christianity, right? What the fuck was the point I was even going to make? What were we talking about? Religion. Religion, that, control. Burning, socialism. So, all right. Let's the look at... The gulags aren't that bad. The gulags aren't that bad. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to make a point about control, maybe. 
With religion? What's the world's biggest religion? Getting confrontational. Getting confrontational. Bro, I lost that point. That point literally escaped me. Like, it was like, it's not good. It's not a good point. Don't say it. And it just disappeared. Like, maybe that was my body's inherent reaction to saying something stupid. Like, don't say something stupid that doesn't make any sense. Maybe I was going to not make a complete sense at all. And I was just going to say something beyond dumb. And my body's initial reaction is like, no, don't say it, eject. And it has like a little eject button. Some guy hits the fucking button. And that idea just goes, <laughs> gets fucking shuttled out of my body. I think I, that's what happened, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you call those back in the day? Like pipe dreams or something, right? It's like, boom, ejected out the pipe. Here, here we go. Defends gulags, bro. Sanders campaign staffer defends gulags. Wait a second. Church militant. I don't yeah, know what no, kind of fucking. I don't want to watch this video. No, no, but I don't know what kind of uh, site that is. Sometimes. The Blaze. The Blaze is the Blaze reputable? I don't think so. No, that's like one all of, of these sites are like these Russian. Q sites. What do you think about that Q shit? What's the Washington Q? Times? Here we go. What's the Q? Um. I just want to see that it's uh, like, I don't see, here's the thing, because then, you know, then you say like fake news. I only say this because these people are held to a standard where they, I think they can't really report things like this. If, if it's, it's not, not true. true, like but if there's it no evidence, time. right? Like New York times has been guilty of it a couple of times. It's bro. so fucking convoluted. It, fuck man. Cause it gets complicated and you can't know what to trust, man. Sanders camp mum. On pro gulag staffer says Lowens don't Iowans. care about political gossip. Iowans from Iowa. Oh, Iowans. <laughs> Lowens. <laughs> See, why did bro. they make the capital I Iowans, and the bro. lowercase L That's so similar? Hilarious. Whoever came up with that is an idiot. That's hilarious. <laughs> Lowens. <laughs> Hey, nobody cares about the Lowens. <laughs> the Lowens ones. You know the Lowens don't care about political no gossip. Cares. <laughs> gulags. Yeah, gulags. So the Lowens guy, don't care about the gulags. In this video. Gu- wait, so gulags are those... Stop me if I'm wrong here. It's like a, a prison where they would sit... Like a political prison. Where the Russians, particularly under Stalin, it was like a prison network. Where he would move people around, like, what are you like? You don't, you don't like me. You talk Labor. shit about me. I'm gonna put you in jail for like, yeah. for like ten years. Where they sent uh, Dostoevsky. Okay, so mm-hmm. all those guys, yeah, <laughs> all those skis. <laughs> okay, my daughter flipping out, fighting with my wife. The mic won't pick it up, but it's distracting nonetheless. Yeah, you Take just a hear them fight. No, no, I don't need to get. I don't get involved, bro. That's their business. Yeah. Okay. I'll let them write it out. Right. I'll tell my daughter, well, when I'm there, I just, I try to prevent her from being disrespectful because then she'll just start, she likes to, I, it's so hard because the way I was brought up, like there were certain things that were just inexcusable. Like there were just certain behaviors. Yeah. And like interrupting people. Man, like you yeah. get your ass whooped. You just get, no, you get the look. A lot of times, I didn't have to get my ass whooped because the threat was already there. Right. And the threat was real. I grew up with it. I grew up with it. I, My whole life, I grew up, and the way you'll see me act, being the baby, the last of four children, I've already seen 
and I've already I've already seen what everybody else went through and the stories have been passed down. So I don't need to go like I'm I'm very good at learning from other people. Like that was a trait I picked up from as a little kid okay. is learning from other people. Because in learning from other people, I see what happens and then I don't do it. Like that's I a lot of people I see I'm like but but you saw like what like how do you do that if you know what happens like I don't understand how people make decisions like that you know like they just don't care I guess I don't know I think the heart and the mind don't talk I don't know I don't know what it is I don't know what the reaction is yeah but I just I've always been like that I just don't I don't make reaction like I don't I learn from other people so I don't. I don't even know what the fucking point was. I'm just losing points, bro. Maybe it's not they're they're bad points. Maybe my just brain is just hitting eject on anything that I want to think about. <laughs> so, I don't even know what, what the point of what we were talking about. We were talking about gulags. I said Dostoevsky. You said oh, all the skis. All the skis, guys. Then your daughter, and then you said you don't interrupt. Oh yes. I was learning from other people. That's why I didn't get beat a lot because I, I the threats were enough. Like you saw your yes. habits to your siblings. So. I did not need to. You know, you don't want. Any I didn't ha- yeah, I didn't want no smoke, bro. I didn't want no smoke from my mom. <laughs> so I, I knew when, like, how far to push my mom. Makes sense. But you know what? There were other things that I did. I made other mistakes. You know, like I would just make my own mistakes. But there were other things I saw where I just didn't like. That's why the look was so. Uh, impactful as a little kid. But then I got bigger than my mom. That's the problem. Then the so, threat wasn't that. Do you feel like that's different now? What do you mean? For kids growing up now. Yes, because they the threat isn't... The threat doesn't mean anything because it's a different time, you know? And I don't... That's why I have, like... That's why all of my first jokes as a comedian were about, like, that dynamic. Like, oh, I don't know how to parent because that's how I got parent. Like, I can't do that to the kid. So I just threaten her as much as I can and make her scared of me just so that she thinks I'm going to hit her. But I can't hit her. Like, she's a little girl. Like, how can I hit her? Like, I can't give her the same discipline that I would have gotten because the threat was real to me. She doesn't know about the threat. There's no, she doesn't have any experience. So I just threaten her and hope she doesn't call me on it like i've been telling her i've been gonna kick her down the stairs since she's one right i've been telling her <laughs> since she could walk i've been telling her she could, that i'm gonna kick her down the stairs and like she kind of believes it and then she kind of thinks i'm kidding but she'll bring it up sometimes like i don't want you to kick me down the stairs daddy and i'm like i know it's not don't worry i won't yeah. just make sure you do what you're supposed <laughs> to you know what i mean like so far it's been working (laughs) i won't as long as you (laughs) because you know what then the look works yeah then the look works and that's all i need to work you know what i noticed about that i mean it's like it does take in modern times you you could just get farther away from the mic i don't know why it's like Uh, a higher degree of intelligence to become a parent not to become a parent to parent effectively with consideration with with what is considered normal now as opposed to 20 years ago or 30 years ago or you know however far back um the expectation is a lot different on the parents and on the kids as well and eventually you know i think i understand the utility of the look and the utility of the look is oh yeah thank you 
And I've been coughing and clearing my throat for like <laughs> half an hour. I was like, he's probably thirsty. It's probably an effect. What a break. Yeah. The utility of punching people in the face. Yeah, because... Oh, my God, my voice sounds so different. Uh, the reason is... It's a lot... It gets the point across a lot quicker. You don't have time. When I'm at home, sometimes, like, I'm talking to my wife, we'll be talking about a big problem, like money problems or whatever the problem is. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it's like we have to resolve everything at five-minute intervals because that's really all we get. I have four kids, man. Mm. There's always shit happening. Somebody always needs me. There's always something. And then that's when they're little. But then, you know, like now I have a 20-year-old and mm. he's he's gone. Mm-hmm. He he takes care of his own tuition. He's buying his his own car. He's already talking to me about like moving out. I'm like, slow down. Yeah. You know, make sure you get get your degree first, all that stuff. The expectation is different. When I was a kid, it was like, get the hell out of here. And like that was basically the whole gist. Like when you get to eighteen, you gotta get the hell out of here so I can move on with my life, right? Right. I heard they're talking about that on the radio. Um, like how long do you let your kid stay? Like how, or how long, not even how long do you let your kid stay? I think it was both. Like how long do you stay at home? And like, how long do you let your kids stay at home? And I'm like, I think if you get along as long as they want, like as long as they need, right? That's a great answer. Like if you guys get along and there's no problem, is if, if there's no problem, like you trusting them. And um, them making their decisions and you not living their life for them. If you can make that detachment by a certain age and you guys have your proper space and your proper, you know, if you, if you guys Respect are both cool with other. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you guys are both cool with it and you're in a situation where it's not a problem, it's not unhealthy for anyone involved, stay as long as you want. I, agree. I think because what is the rush if you're not married, if you don't have kids? Like, if you don't have um, anything else, why not stay? I think like this, can. we protect the vulnerable. And it doesn't matter how old you are. But if I can, if you're vulnerable and I can protect you and I love you, then there's nothing wrong with it. And then hopefully, maybe one day when I'm like 80 years old and I'm like shitting myself and I have dementia, maybe you'll fucking take care of me instead of putting me in a home. But that's not the way it works out, you know? Like, that's how these motherfuckers come from other countries yeah, and start amassing wealth here. Yeah. Because they come in groups. They stay together. Yeah. As long as possible, they pull resources. Fierce loyalty. And they pull, they pull resources and they expand. And then they spread out. And they like... You know what I mean? Like they freaking come into like this little cluster and then they look next to, you know, they have a block and they have little freaking, you know, uh, two blocks. And they got, then all of a sudden they have a neighborhood. The police are treating them different. <laughs> like they have like their yeah, own things. Set up. Okay. Yeah. Like you just, that's like, that's how people have migrated over here forever. And like, that's how you stay strong as a family, you know, is staying together. It's not spreading apart. Like you thin the herd and then the herd falls apart. But then there's an expectation to homogenize. What the fuck does that mean? Uh, Milk is pasteurized and homogenized. Mm -hmm. 
So like they boil it to kill the pasteurized and homogenized. They spin it in a centrifuge to make sure that the fat molecules and those and the water molecules are dispersed evenly. Otherwise, back in the day when the milkman would come and deliver the milk, on the top would be all this fatty cream, mm. and on the bottom would be all this like yellow shit. Yeah, and for you sense. to drink it, you had to like shake it up. That's how fresh milk is. So they want to homogenize. You know, you come into this country and you have these values, and you think you're gonna stick together, but the expectation is, and this is not. It's not only like Americans are guilty of this. It's just that the American flavor is rugged individualism. And that is how you must assimilate. You got to learn English, apparently. (laughs) And in order to assimilate and become what's considered not the other, you have to be a rugged individual and want to stand up for yourself. And the cost of that, the price of that is you lose the community. Wow, that was like a stream of conscious. Stream of conscious. <laughs> I, I was like, where are you going, bro? <laughs> Stay with me. <clears throat> okay. No, but I think um, I think you're right. And I think when you like when you have those communities that don't don't homogenize, they stay like the cream. Like they just they don't need like that's different that's what's different about the US from other countries. Like if you go to Canada, you can't do that in Canada. You can't do that anywhere else. You have to, like, they're, like, primarily themselves. Like, you you have to be like them. Might be wrong, but they have, like, an extensive screening process. Like, they don't just let anybody in their country. Right. It's way harder to get into Canada than it is to get into the U.S. Which is crazy because they have this big, long border. <laughs> well, it's it's easy for U.S. people to get into Canada to visit. But for you to be, to become, like... Okay. And it's not even that easy. Like, you can't even go into the Canada with, like, a criminal record or anything. They don't even want you like that. But you can go over there and visit. But to stay, like, to become a Canadian citizen and migrate to fucking Canada or immigrate, immigrate, migrate, whatever, either mm-hmm. way, it's really hard. Like, you have to go through, like, a way more extensive process. Like, it's... it's um uh credential based no what's the other word um it's based on your merit it's merit based it's not like the u.s is the u.s is in a merit-based system that's what they want to switch it to yeah but it's not a merit culture changes like people are not accepting the culture change yeah so what does that mean where in canada no here like they're trying to move to that system merit-based yeah merit-based so that people like you just merit-based is you know what are you going to contribute to canada what are you bringing to canada what value are you a scientist are you like we don't we don't need like day workers here we don't need day work anymore day workers but when we need them you're like you know you're online control the flow bro control what they need and and like that it's much easier to get into America. Yeah, my America, you just have to do. You just have to follow the jump through the hoops. But it's, jump har- the hoops it's harder for some money. people. It's harder for some people to get over because they're broke. If you have money, it's not that hard. I mean, it's it's you still have to jump through a lot of hoops. 
but it's easier because you can afford to pay the fees and you can afford to pay people to help you do it and do all the steps for you. You can get a lawyer and does every fucking thing for you. It's amazing. Yeah. But if you don't have money, it's fucking hard. You have to do all that shit by yourself. And because the government has to help you, you're going to do it at their leisure. So you're going to wait six months here to do it. Then you're gonna have, we're going to move you over here. You're going to wait here to do it. And you're in this facility and you're going to have to wait for this food and you're going to have to wait for this. You know what I mean? Like you're at the mercy of the government. Then you're putting, then you have kids in cages. Then you have, because they don't know where you put, look at the fucking flood of people that come in here and there's no merit-based system. So there's no screening. It's just everybody can come in. You just have to go through this process and be, and wait and wait it out better than everybody else. Yeah. So that's why they want to fucking change. And, and, and you know what? I can be fucking wrong about so many details. I think some of process. it is like, it's like um, buyer's remorse. Like, we believe in these values. So this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you have your community and go ahead and be by yourself and do what you got to do. And we're not going to be scared because we understand that we're in it together and we don't see you as a threat. And then, so you buy that. And then what you get is not, you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think and you get some threats, right? So you get some threats from it and then you feel a little unsafe mm-hmm. and then you start thinking of the other and you're like, Oh, okay. You know why you guys are different? You know why you got, why we can't get along? You haven't homogenized, bro. You haven't become like one of us. There's some of that, but there's just, the, the, I think the idea was always that this country's so big that you can just find your little corner. But the problem is, is everybody goes to like the same spots. Yeah. We all kind of mean? It's like Orlando. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> you've never been to Orlando, bro. Like, no. Bro. Is it, it's gotta be just. There's so many Puerto Ricans <laughs> in Orlando and like that area. There's just so many. They came from after, especially like after the hurricane and stuff. Like they came, they escaped the island yeah. and they just didn't go back. They don't have to. They're citizens. Like they're they citizens. Just stay. Yeah. And get a job. Oh, you know, like the six months that I've been over here because I had no power and stuff like that. I found a job. I have a place. Like, why am I, I'm not going to go back now. You so know? then now what's happened is it's a strange thing because they're Americans and they're the other. Yeah. Then but they, now down there, they just, it's already been the other. Like the, now everything else is the other down there. That's already homogenized. You're they've homogenized that to them. Ah, they're the, the Cubans the did that. Yeah, the Cubans did that already. That's our that that Florida is uh that part of Florida is all that Hispanic. Part of Florida, that part of Florida, and like some surrounding areas. But there's also a lot of southern areas, sure, southern parts of Florida where it's sure. not homogenized. It's yeah. homogenized the other way. Yeah. <laughs> that shit is how whiteized. That's what that is, bro. It's fucking Gringo Central. They don't like nobody else. Fuck Florida, though. Florida's all right. I like Florida. You like it? 
I heard it's crazy. I like to visit. Every, cra- every crazy thing that happens in, in the United States. I like to visit. Like the craziest stuff. Yeah, Florida, man. All you got to do is look up Florida, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just Google Florida. Like, that's the look. That's the Google thing right here. Let's go to Google. Back to Google. You ever live out there? Yes. When I was, just, I tried to escape the law. Oh. When I was having my problems. And I was on the run from the police. No, I wasn't on the run. I was um, waiting to be sentenced. And I had left i was i was staying with my girlfriend at the time and our relationship was like pretty much on the outs and i was like you know what i'm going to florida i'm gonna stay down there and i'm just not gonna go to jail okay was like, that was my thought but the reality like i said that but the reality was that my cousin was the bail bondsman on it so like he he wasn't gonna let me stay like he was gonna have to come get me if not i forfeited the bond and that would have been money out of his pocket 15 grand so it was like nope you know what i mean like i didn't tell you any like this was literally no never told anyone that i was gonna not go to jail this was my only thought process in my head (laughs) was that i'm just gonna stay in florida and i'm never gonna come back and then i was staying down there because my mom had bought a house and um i was staying down there and i was just talking to my lawyer and i just you know once the date came I had to go back. That's it. That sentence and the rest was fucking. And then you carried it out. You faced it. Yeah. Like a fucking man. There was no. There was no running. Like the idea that was like a. I believe that was a safe space I created in my head. I operated and I proceeded as if I was going to jail, but in my head I was going to jail. I was going to stay here in Florida with my mom. Nobody can come get me here. You know, like I had this nice, like four month, I think maybe four or five month time where otherwise if I was up here, if I had stayed with my ex, it would have been a disaster, bro. I would have gotten really fucking, I would have gotten really high and I would have gotten really drunk to avoid emotionally dealing with the fact that, you know, the anxiety of having to go to jail and not knowing what I was going to face, all of that unknown, and uh, I was facing prison time. Like, I was sentenced to prison, so if the the plan didn't work out for drug court, like, I had to go to prison, you know? So, like, I had this hanging over me, and going to Florida was the escape, and creating that facade or mirage, right? Is it a mirage? Yeah. Like, a mirage in my head. I created this little world where I was just going to stay down here. Nobody was ever going to come get me. I'm going to stay here. I'm just going to live in Florida from now on. You know, and that stuff in New Jersey, it's not real. It's not going to happen. I'm not going anywhere, you know. And how did you come to the realization? I Well, just talking to the lawyer, like, when are you coming back? Like, he kept pressing that the whole time. Because I was, I kept saying I don't know to him, okay. right? So, like, in my mind, I had, even though in my mind I said I was never going back, I never told anyone that I wasn't going back. I just kept saying i don't know when i'm coming back like keep delaying it like he's like all right listen i can't delay it no more this is the date february 19th that's the date when are you coming back when, yeah you, you have to show up that date or then you are you know, you know then they're going to issue a warrant and you become a fugitive and that's going to jeopardize your status in drug court and you might have to go you know then you're going to go to prison and then it was like prison you know? or drug court so then it never no that was never an option yeah 
but it was never an option. So it was just like, all right, I'll be back, you know, sometime in January. I'll see, you know, like then it was just, all right, that's it. Time to move on. Time to fess up. Then the anxiety kicked in, you know, all the stuff I had been avoiding. What was that like? It didn't knowing. Bro, let me tell you something. (sighs) It didn't, it didn't kick in. All right. Like the anxiety kicked in, but it didn't hit until I got back to Jersey. Still, I had that in my idea in Florida, you know, except when I got the plane ticket. Now, did I get a plane ticket or did I drive back? Because I drove down. I don't remember if I drove back. I drove down with my dog, me and my dog, and we got a rental. I packed up the trunk with all of my stuff, and I said goodbye to my ex at the time, got in the car, and just drove straight to Florida. I stopped once to take, like, a quick nap, and I made it in 19 hours (laughs) to Florida with my dog. Right? (laughs) Yeah. 19 hours, bro. (laughs) I made it to Florida. And, uh, <laughs> Your dog was just with my CDs. With yeah, dying. I had my CDs, bro, and I just played, kept stopping at rest stops to pee, blazing on the way down. Sounds amazing, bro. It was, and it was you great. know, you're going to Florida. It's gonna be nice and warm, and yeah. And it's, it away. sounds like the time of year. Four months. It was like the four months when it was just starting to get cold over here, and you know, yeah. you're going back to summertime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in like it was like the end of I think yeah because uh, no, it was August. Okay. It was August oh, because so it was around my birthday that my gift was the, the the I was so broke that I had to use a birthday gift to get the the, the money to to get the rental for the car and you know because I wasn't working I had like no prospect that's what I'm saying if I stayed there I would have oh, from you know all that time I would have um, devolved or like I would have self-destructed you know all the way down i wouldn't have gone in with a uh strong backbone i wouldn't have gone in like i don't think i would have went in in a positive way right so that time out there but then when i got back and that's when i went to court yeah and no, i went to court i went i came back and i stayed with my except again like that girl i stayed with her i was like i'm gonna just stay here until i get sentenced <laughs> then i'll have a place to stay you know what i'm saying like and um and i went in and and the funny thing is is you know what i went in and i had no plan of what i was gonna do when i got out right there was no plan i didn't know where i was gonna stay i didn't know where i was gonna live nobody was up here right my mom's in Florida. I think my, my brother was up here, but he just was like renting a room and shit. So there was no plan for afterwards. And there was no plan of where I was going. I didn't know anything. The only thing I knew is I was I was turning myself in to turning myself into sentencing. At sentencing, I was gonna get uh taken into custody. Uh, I was going into the county jail and I had to stay in the county jail until their bed opened up in a facility and like a treatment facility, a drug treatment facility, long term. Yeah. So until the bed opened up at one of those places, I had to wait. And there was places all over the state and it was they were going to make the decision on where they were going to place me. Right. And I ended up getting placed in Sea Caucus, New Jersey. Oh, bro. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> a county road, bro. Really? You know, those facilities, those oh, big facilities with the fence. Is? Oh, I don't know what it is now, but that's what it was back then. And I was there for 
I was there for six and a half months. Oh, right. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think it's an old folks home now. Um, well, listen, there's there's a tall building that I think is condemned. I don't think it's open now. That, um, that tall building used to be um, a state psychiatric prison, like a state psychiatric ward. Right, and it was on this grounds. That's why those fences are there. That's why there's security booth. Well, the loonies in. Yeah, then they used to have a facility next door. I think all those facilities were housing for like staff and stuff, and um, and offices. But then all those facilities on the left, and then if you go all the way in the back down, there's the juvenile center, Hudson County Juvenile uh, Facility. So there's like where they keep the juvies. Like that's a ju- juvie holding center in the bottom. But um, all those houses on the side, they, there was um, um, impact. Is it called impact? Um, damn, I can't think of the name. Um, I think it started with an I. There was Turning Point, which was the facility that I was in. That was the the like the the, the rehab, name yeah, yeah, Turning Point. And then there was Gura. Good. Which is a Spanish one. There's one in Patterson here too. Um, okay. Right? A treatment facility, Gura. Man. I don't know. It was an impact, man. I can't think of the name. But that's where we used to eat. There was another facility where we used to eat. So we stayed in a small facility called um, Turning Point. And uh, it was, uh, it, you know, it was like five people to a room. There were these big rooms. And um, there was all these like wooden furniture and they just had cushions on them, like these wooden blocks. They were like big wooden blocks and then they had cushions on the inside of them, okay. right, where you could sit. That would all set up in like the common area and then there were rooms. There was one room, two rooms, three rooms on this side and then there was uh, a hallway in the middle where there were offices for the counselors and then on the other side there was another thing and then that place had four rooms so in that one in the four room one there was four people in each one of those so that's 16 people and on the other side there was three rooms but each of those three rooms had five people so it was 15 people so it was like a 30 guys in this facility right um and we all were drug court we were all sentenced to prison and got out of prison by taking this program we were all from different counties. There were Hudson County, Passaic County, Mercer County, Camden County. Wow, Trenton. Camden. Uh, yeah, um, Trenton is Mercer County. Um, they sent them all the way up here? Mm-hmm, yep. There was all the counties, like an Ocean County, another one. These were the counties, major counties, where a lot of drugs, a lot of dope heads, a lot of white dope heads, white dudes, dope heads, black, drug, <laughs> black and Spanish drug dealers, okay? This is what was inside this room. Okay. This was what was together. Okay. These are the only people getting drug court. Were black and Spanish drug dealers that didn't want to go to prison, so they took drug court, and white drug users. But guess what? All the other drug dealers, we all did drugs. We all did drugs, which is how we got drug court. Okay. Because they piss test you, and then they tell you, you know, you have to do an interview to be accepted. Are you a drug addict? Like, what's your problem with drugs? So I was saying that I was selling drugs to support my habit. My weed habit. I sold weed to support my weed habit. I went to drug court for weed, okay? Told them I did other drugs because I had tried other drugs, but my only vice was drinking and and smoking. smoking. Weed. But I was 
in my 20s. I was 23 years old, right? 23 years old. And I just told them I was a drug addict. I didn't believe it. I, I was lying. Yeah. I was lying to get stay out of prison. Okay. But then when I went to the program, my brother gave me advice and told me, if you want to beat them, do everything they tell you to do. It's the only way you're going to win. Okay. By doing that, I went in there and I did act like a drug addict. And I did everything they told me to do. And I played that fucking part. And I convinced myself that I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I proceeded with treating myself accordingly within their things. And I went through I went through all of their stuff, all of the groups, all of this is what made me better in public speaking was going through these groups and having to talk in front of people as a kid. I've always been scared of like adults. I've always been scared of older white people. I've always been scared of like these groups. I was always like timid because remember I told you I made a decision in my head that I wasn't good enough for any of that shit. So those people I always felt were more affluent than me, I've cowered away from. And I broke that in there, just talking to counselors, talking to people, having to talk about my feelings and being on comfortable situations. Like I got used to it so I could do it. And I got a lot of stuff out of it. I got, I did a lot of work. <laughs> I did a lot of work on myself and it made me, that's why I look back at that like it wasn't, you know, if you can go back in time, what would you change? Like, I don't think I would change that, bro. You would still be a junkie, so you could, a fake yeah, junkie. I would still be a fake <laughs> junkie, bro. <laughs> I would still be a fake junkie. That's exactly. Great. That's Just amazing. To, to get the perspective I have on myself, because I did, I did so much work in there that I am able to reflect and, and internalize you, a lot of things. Did you think you were addicted to weed? Yes, bro. <laughs> One thousand percent. It's not. And they thought you were too. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that I was addicted to the weed. It wasn't the drug. They told me I was the behavior that I was addressing, and the way that I used drugs and the way that I used alcohol not to cope. Jesus, man. You, you know, know what I'm saying? People are. That's crazy for me to think that I could have avoided a lifetime of abuse. Don't forget, my dad died of AIDS because he was a junkie. He was a heroin user. You know what I'm saying? So there my is the possibility. Yeah, yeah, there is the possibility in my future that I could end up dying from drugs. I have so many friends. I just buried another friend from an overdose. One of my best friends in my whole life is, you it's know, so is dead from drugs. Like I have another friend that's all fucked up because of drugs. I have another friend that just turned his life around from being fucked up with drugs where he was on that path. That he was going to die and he was going to fucking go to jail for drugs. And now he just turned his life around. He had to leave fucking New Jersey. Like, that's a real thing in my life. My uncles, like my whole family, that's my DNA. So I did not have a hard time convincing myself that I was a fucking drug addict, bro. I guess I must be too. I could not, bro. That was not hard at all. I was very comfortable with that and I, that's another thing i was able to deal with a lot of issues with my dad because i wrote my counselor told me to write to him like a letter well she said well just write him a letter tell him all your feelings everything that you ever wanted to say like you can say that to him just write it out and then we'll burn it and that'll be the end of it and i'm like all right so i wrote it and i never burned it so i never really like closed those feelings off but i got over the anger i didn't know i had anger towards my father I was very angry, bro. That's weird. Very. 
very angry because I felt like he chose drugs over me. So me understanding addiction and having that education that I just six months of fucking college and fucking drug college of addiction. I understood my father more than anything in my whole life, more than any of the stories my family used to tell me. My my family, my father is like a hero in my family or in my brothers and sisters who that's not their dad, who raised them as their as their dad. They talk, they call him dad. And they talk to him like my whole family talks about him like a hero. Like he was everybody's hero in my family. So when he died, like me being his only son, like I was like looked upon as like the next coming of him, especially because I looked just like him. I was like the next. So I had like that pressure on me. Right. (laughs) And I looked at it like he chose drugs over me. So when people would tell me stories about him, I was so resentful. I never wanted to hear stories about my dad. I never wanted to like, I never said dad growing up. Saying dad broke my heart. Father, watching other people with their dads do dad things and fucking Father's Day and fucking Valentine's Day because that's his birthday. Like all those holidays, bro, growing up, I just, they were triggers for me. And those were times I shut down because I was angry. And I was angry at the fact that I thought he chose drugs over me. Like, you loved me so much. Like, I was your pride and joy. Like, you you know, like everybody talks about how much you loved me and how proud you were of me, but not enough to stop doing drugs. I didn't understand that you couldn't. Like, it didn't matter, like, about all the other stuff. That he still loved you. Yes, it but just... it was just he had problems, bro. He was a broken man, too. He had the problems of his whole family on his back because even though he was the hero, everybody depended on him. And he had to carry the weight of the whole family on his back everybody's problems were his problems my mom has that resentment towards the family she's very very good terms like she's not angry at them but i know she carries that it's not that's a healthy resentment to carry like you look at them like they put this extra weight it wasn't a fault that's how you survive we just finished talking about that that's how you survive is by family by holding together well he was the rock he would everybody depended on him as for support and he helped everybody and you know he was able to move the family so when he died like the family scattered a lot of people went down because of that but that was like resentment that i had that i was carrying and that i was able to to deal with and get through so like that's what i mean like it was six months of college about drugs the dark days yeah this is life lessons this is the cookie jar right the darkest days in your life are learning experiences. That's where you learn. That's where you get stronger. That's when you become better for the future. The shit you go through today make you better to either pass the information to other people or to strengthen your resolve to go through what you're going to go through to help other people. You know what I mean? Like, There's purpose in failure. There's purpose in um, adversity there's purpose in all these things that we take that i take for granted because my perspective changes like all the situations we talk about with work with our personal lives the things that we don't share because those are private things but we share them on a private oh, yeah. matter like all those things are perspective problems where if our perspective changes on the way that we handle them, the problem becomes different. The way we deal with them becomes different. The way we internalize them, our emotions, the shit that we carry, it all changes on how we think of things. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? I, it's like great. that's where the power is. Whenever we talk, man, I always feel like it's so therapeutic for me because you're like-minded mm-hmm. and also like you call me on my bullshit, man. Like no lie. So you'll yeah. tell me. Like that's you know. Well, because we got like, you know why? Because I recognize the bullshit, right? The only reason I identify that bullshit is because I've used the same bullshit and I don't like it in myself. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't let you go through that because then you're in like your own delusion. Right. And I hope like when I'm in my own delusion, like I try to call myself out on it and I hope the people like I like to surround myself with people that do the same thing. And I like it in the form of a joke. Like, you know, that's how I deliver it. That's my like my uncomfortable way of confrontation is jokes by cracking if i'm cracking on you bro is because i have affection for you if i don't crack on you it's because i don't like it's not even that i don't like you it's we haven't made that connection for me in order to make a joke about you we have to have that connection i don't joke on strangers that's not your (laughs) fucking you don't get that bro okay that's for people who are my inner circle i get the jokes okay (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying but that's the same thing those are i get checked my friends that i grew up with um they check you and people check you like it's good to have that in your inner circle that you get checked and you don't operate in a delusion because if you have people around you that are going to support your delusions and allow you to go out with delusions they're letting you be vulnerable those are vulnerabilities bro with the walls that we build around ourselves the defenses that our body creates so that we the don't have to feel comfortable are vulnerabilities. those are vulnerabilities bro yeah those are vulnerabilities because they might keep things from getting in but they prevent you from looking out yeah and seeing some things that might be better you know what i'm saying so the walls can be vulner- vulnerabilities too when you put them up because that's your initial reaction to not feel uncomfortable Right, you want to be comfortable, so you put these walls up to protect your comfort, not yeah. to protect you. Comfort is the poison, man. Comfort's the poison. Every bro. time, like I'm in pain, man, I always keep going back to that. I'm like, you know what it is? I'm too comfortable, bro. Get out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, gonna it's wrap a, it up. It's on like that. a comfort in in a routine of shame. <sighs> That's a deep hole, bro. Yeah, shame's a deep hole. Fuck, man. Especially, that's why I saw this thing on TikTok, this um, psychiatrist, uh, a therapist, mentalist, I don't know what they're fucking called, some physical mind therapist, okay? One of those psychotherapist people that, that sit down and talk to people and help them. <laughs> uh, one of those mental therapist people, she posted this video on TikTok about um, earning your trust back. And a lot of that, getting over that shame, is setting up little things to keep your word about like you tell yourself you're going to do something like a small no, thing i don't even do that and you do I tell it. people that's why sometimes there's things you don't tell people and then there's things that are uncomfortable and then you tell them anyway and the reason for that is because a social contract will hold you to your fucking word hey what happened to you didn't you say that you were going to do this why didn't you like you mm. said you were going to open up a new company like in like a year it's been like two years what happened Mm-hmm. And it's not even in a bad way, but it's like a check on you. Like you're not yeah. fulfilling your social contract. Yeah, and then I'll just be like, I didn't do it. <laughs> I changed my mind. I don't so want to do it anymore. <laughs> See, but then when I do that, I realize that's me being addicted to that routine of shame, where it's like there's comfort in that because it validates 
my negative, sometimes negative, often negative opinion of myself. Hmm. And then like, see, like, it's funny because I have people around me and I'll joke around and I'll say things that I'm not really like that. I'm not, you know, that confident, but I'll be like overconfident on purpose to be funny. Uh-huh. And then I'm doing it on purpose to be funny, but then they'll call me like a narcissist because of it. And then that sort of hurts. That they call it. It's so weird. <laughs> because it validates that I'm not a good person. But I don't know why I think that. I keep trying to go back and I keep trying to think, what did I ever do that was so bad that makes me think that I'm not a good person? Sometimes people will tell me, you're a good, you're a good guy. Why are no, you doing there's this? Something, you did something, okay? You did something at one point in your life, not recently, very long time ago, and you made that decision. And you got to go back and track that. Fuck, man. I don't you gotta find. That, you though. gotta find that. Like, you need the landmark, bro. So, so you need the landmark. I'm 40 years old, bro. It's so far back. It's buried, there's exercises, so. bro. <laughs> there's exercises that they do yeah. that make you think of that, like that bring you back to that point. Because that's what their whole thing. There's things that you know. There's things that you don't know. Then there's things that you don't know that you don't know. Those are your blind spots. Okay. Right. So you don't know that you don't know. Why you're like that. Like that's something that's unknown. Like there's things that you know, like you know that you don't know, right? Like you know you don't know trigonometry, right? You know that you don't know the fucking distance from the sun to the earth, like off the top of your head. So you can look that up and you can figure the problem out. But when you don't know that you don't know something, that's it's, you can't even, how can you address a problem you don't even know that's a problem? So those are the blind spots. So though they take that's the thing that they do. I feel like my fucking podcast for the last fucking few times has been pure advertisement for the landmark forum. But it was just such a powerful experience <laughs> that they did. It was just but you know. No, yeah. But it's like four or five hundred bucks you got to shell out. So it's not something that's in everybody's fucking wheelhouse. And it's a weekend that you have to dedicate a full Friday, a full Saturday, a full Sunday, and then a Tuesday night. You got to do like a commencement ceremony that you do and they have like a little party and shit and then they haunt you for months until you finally tell them to go fuck themselves they try to get you to come back and like do the upper classes there's other stuff that you can do you can go real fucking deep and then they want to they want to that's why people think it's a cult cult. yeah because they want to upsell you yes they want to upsell you and then they come at you with the fucking language that they use they have that language they have these words they have all these and they have these tools and then they just they dissect through your bullshit. So trying to make excuses, the easy excuses that you spit out to try to get away from people like that and push them off, they fucking cut right through mm-hmm. that. And they come right to you and they just want to get to the bare bones of your life. And then you just tell them to go fuck themselves. At least I did, you know, like early. Because then they want you to volunteer. They want you to work there. They want you to end your life as you know it and just become landmark and help spread that message. They really push that. So that's why it's culty. So it can get culty for some people. You get wrapped up in it. And next thing you know, you spent four or five years of your life wrapped up in this organization. And you fucking pop up on there. You're like, what the fuck? I got to get back to normal. I got to get back to life. Yeah. You know? So like that's the one negative and that's why i sit i see i can see why people would call it culty i don't think it's culty they just they want to spread that message we gotta go no i'm like putting landmark in my phone no no i'm I'm just i can join the cult once we're off uh i'm looking at the time 
Oh, you're out of time. Okay. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Um, right. Wow, that was a good one. Yeah, man. Um, got anything you want to plug? I have dates, bro. I, I gotta come. I'm gonna. I'm when I do the edit, I'll um, I'm gonna add them in the beginning so I can say some dates. Um, but um, I just this was a good conversation just because I think it's important as far as like perspective. Perspective is everything, and like the way you see things, and you can choose to deal with things negatively. That's why it's not good to be surrounded by negative people. Because then you just have that negativity. That shit's, it's toxic. It's fucking, um, I don't know. We could just start talking about that shit. I could just go off. But um, no, man, podcast is fun. How you like this? How you like this little setup? I like it. it. It was a Let's couple see. times I noticed that I backed away from it. Yeah, you got you got to keep the mic in your know. fucking mouth. It's like, instinctive it. or you something. You got to blow the mic. I know. <laughs> That's why I have it like. Where it's just like in my face. This I is, set it up. This like is you, better. Yeah, yeah. You well, that's what I'm saying. You don't want to make it so that you have to be uncomfortable yeah. on it. I stay here. You want to set it up to where like, all right, so if I'm gonna sit here, I'll stay like that. Okay. And see? if I know I'm gonna back up a lot, then I gotta probably bring you it a little bit. Yeah, that's why I put it see I had put it on top of this cloth. Okay. And then I fucked up and then it just kept sliding. So uh-huh. when you try to move it, like now it's rubber has rubber grips that's on the wood now. So it's not going anywhere. So I can just move this and get on it, man. So we're going to be pumping out more episodes, more guests. Um, a lot of fun stuff coming up. Um, that's it. That was really good. Have fun. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.